Welcome to the Smarter Trading Podcast. If you want to sharpen your trading skills or become a more savvy investor, then you're in the right place. Every week, we sit down with professional traders who are ready to share practical insights on what it takes to succeed in modern day markets. Smarter Trading, the show to watch to trade smarter. Medeiros is the founder and CEO of The Trade Risk. All opinions expressed by guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Evan or The Trade Risk. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as the basis for investment decisions. Evan and guests may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. This episode of Smarter Trading is sponsored by Investors Business Daily. IBD has been around for over 35 years, helping investors navigate each and every market cycle. If you want the best analysis and actionable trade ideas from the leader in growth investing, check out IBD Digital. Go to investors.com slash Evan, that's E-V-A-N, to get your first two months for only $20. Subscribe today and start trading smarter at investors.com slash Evan. Thank you, IBD, for supporting financial education and making this episode possible. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season two finale of Smarter Trading. I'm your host, Evan Medeiros, and you are stuck with me solo in this episode. And what I want to do is reflect on this season. We had eight very incredible, talented traders and investors educators on the show this season and I want to go through and play some highlight clips and some of the past episodes and give some takeaways and just reflection that I came away with through each of our guests. We had a very diverse approach and style, a way to a tackle the market. And that's what I really enjoyed most, frankly, about this season. It was not just the same type of trader coming in week on week, giving the same information. We had really, you know, from fundamental traders that are looking at cash flows, balance sheets, and trying to talk to management, all the way down to technical day traders and swing traders and macro investors. So, that's what I want to spend some time on, highlighting some of those past shows, maybe some uh, clips that you may have missed or just want to reflect on yourself. And then I want to give you just some thoughts generally about the show and the season. We are going to be taking a break from publishing new episodes for the time being. But if you are subscribed to our podcast feed or on our YouTube channel or our email newsletter, then that will keep you posted when the new episodes are coming back. So make sure you're subscribed to one of those feeds. So let's rewind time a bit and go to our first episode this season. That was episode nine with Brian Shannon. And Brian is a trader that almost needs no introduction. He was, you know, really one of the first to start publishing content and and video analysis uh, way back when. He's been trading since 91. He's a CMT. Uh, nickname is Mr. VWAP, and he loves his multiple time frame analysis. Let's play this clip from Brian here from episode nine. I don't, I don't really do price targets. I, I like to say, you know, the price target for a long is higher. Uh, my job is to manage risk. 
I, I have an indication that, you know, if I bought it at 2720 and the prior peak was 30 and the primary trend is really higher, well, it should at least go test that. So that just mm -hmm. gives me an indication. It's, it's a, again, it's a level of interest. It says has the potential to get there. Let's see how it responds to a breakout there because I own it at 27 and a quarter. I probably will sell some to the people who are chasing that breakout because I own it, you know, 10% lower. So it's it's all about you know trying to work those time frames together. Again, it, it truly does come down to you know to trends and multiple time frames, and you know supply and demand and being as objective as possible, keeping the risk tight and managing risk on the way up as well. It's you know it, it's you know winners don't take care of themselves. Mm. You have to manage those winners as well and know where to raise your stops and where to sell partials. And, you know, that's the art of trading versus the science of looking at charts and technical analysis. I mean, there's two things I really enjoyed here. So one, you can hear just how detailed and specific Brian gets in this episode. I mean, he really does walk through a trade setup and really gives the breakdown of all the elements that he uses or is thinking about or has in his process. So if you are a swing trader or really just a technical trader that loves the checklists and the items to consider when you're planning out trades, this is a great episode. I also love, you know, just how easy he makes it sound or, or you know, he likes to always kind of finish with, it's pretty easy, but there is so much there that he has refined over 30 years, day in and day out, and it really shows in this episode. So for Brian, it was a real comfortable conversation. His approach was really an approach that I took myself a very similar kind of swing trading style like this in my early sort of career. So I could very much relate to it and, um, you know, appreciate all of you know, what goes into his craft. So for you swing traders, day traders, Brian is a great episode nine to revisit. And then we change gears entirely on episode 10. And we have on Nikki Dunn, who is a certified financial planner. She loves educating in a very sort of fun and approachable way. And I really sort of got a refreshing feel speaking with Nikki because her approach and the way she views markets is so different than mine. Let's play this clip from Nikki here from episode 10. I consider trading and investing a practice, just like yoga. Um, you know, that's the best analogy I have right now. You're every day, you're coming to the markets, you're learning something new, you're getting a little bit better, a little bit more flexible and a little bit more disciplined. So that's kind of how, how I like to approach it. I really like this analogy to yoga and treating trading as a practice. And this is definitely a common theme that we see amongst guests in professional traders is that they are out there practicing and getting better every single day, whether it's journaling or reviewing trades, listening to podcasts like this. I mean, that is what is required to perform at a high level. You have to keep the skills sharp. And Nikki definitely does that in her own way. 
I really, again, sort of appreciate the fact that she is going out in time. She is trying to hold quality companies that can outperform the market and really just have some conviction uh, behind her ideas. And really, you know, the other key here is is bringing fundamental analysis in with the technicals. So Nikki Dunn does not just invest based on, you know, a company's balance sheet or management or where they're going in the future, but she's also combining that with the technicals, which is where uh, I do believe you get the best of both worlds when you can be, you know, a bit of uh, at least aware of both sides of the coin there. So Nikki, very refreshing there. Episode 10, if you like to hold stocks longer term, get into some fundamentals, definitely recommend you rewind the tape for her. So now we move on to episode 11 with Cesar Alvarez. Cesar Alvarez is a friend of mine and someone I've learned a great deal from. He's local to me, which is also very nice. So we do frequently sort of meet up together and talk shop. But he is a researcher at heart. He's a quant. He builds trading systems and he's been doing it for a very long time and has had some good mentors and people around him that have really sort of sharpened his skills. So let's play this clip here from Cesar. Because what happens is normally you want to tweak those parameters after some bad event has happened to your strategy. So you're trying, you're emotionally responding to something in the market. And that's usually not a good time to be making changes. And usually I now have a rule that's like, okay, if I want to make a change that I'm emotionally responding to, I can make the change on paper, but then I've got to wait three months before I implement it. And Usually three months later, I completely forgot about, oh, yeah, I want to change it. And I keep whatever I'm, I'm trading kind of thing. Now, I really like the way he stresses the importance of of making adjustments very slow to trading systems. This is one of the big pitfalls, I think, with trading is that because we get so many so much feedback from the market constantly um, and because trading is a probability game, it is easy to want to over adjust trading systems. If you are a trader and you're even making discretionary decisions on a day-to-day basis and you know you take a few trades and you know your week is lousy, that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong or any adjustments you need to make, but the human in us wants to make changes, right? When we're losing money, we say, oh, something must be wrong, we have to adjust. And in this clip, it really just sort of illustrates nicely that Cesar's got the big picture in mind. He knows that you know, trading systems can fall out of line with the market from time to time. It's it's actually something we should expect to happen. And so I love his sort of deliberate nature there. And, you know, throughout his episode, we get a lot into just how he researches markets and find edges. I can relate. This is very much the style and approach that I take now with my own trading. I do very little trading myself, pushing the buttons and making decisions. Everything is programmed into rules-based trading systems. And so, you know, the way he classifies trading systems and the way he tries to bring different systems together to manage an entire portfolio, these are all topics we discuss and all things that, um, you know, I really do think is, is quality advice if that's what you're going down is trying to build trading systems. And even if you're not, even if you're not, you know, if you're intimidated by maybe writing code or going down the fully rules-based approach, there's still a lot 
lot you can learn from the discipline and from the way a researcher like Cesar approaches things. So for anybody interested in that, definitely recommend going back to episode 11. Now, moving on to episode 12, I get to speak with Frank Zarilla. Frank is a New Yorker through and through. He is a registered investment advisor. He's been professionally managing money since 1998. He's the real deal. He's been around for a long time in industry and as a trader, of course, right? He knows the ins and outs of the money management business, but he also understands the reality of of trading and really sort of gets his hands dirty. So let's play this clip here from Frank Zarella. So if my trading time frame, not my ideal, my trading time frame based on my trades is anywhere between one and 10 days, then I need to find out what matters the most within that time frame. So what would, you know, for example, if you want to own a stock for the long term, numbers, growth, earnings, sales, story means a lot more. You want to buy something for the short term, you want to take advantage of the way this, of the way stocks move. Those things don't matter. So first, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking at, let me look at the year-to-date winners, right? Which I want to own the best performing stocks, right? So let me look at those stocks to see if I can find some common characteristics that I can build a scan based on what I see. This, you know, seems like very obvious advice. I think, you know, even if you're not a trader, if you were first just kind of coming in and, and starting fresh and you heard someone say this, I think this would make all the sense in the world. But I don't actually think lots of traders do this. The fact that if you are a 10-day holder of stocks, right? If you're trying to play in that time frame, hold stocks for 10 days, that's what you need to be looking for. You need to be going back in time and looking at these 10-day periods and trying to figure out where is the best entry? Where is the spot where the move starts? And it was very refreshing just to hear this take. And I love you know this episode just broadly because Frank, again, gets his hands dirty and lots of what he talked about, things like moves starting when things look ugly. These are things that I had to really sort of understand or I came to the conclusion of as well from the research side, from the data side. When I started really kind of back testing and you know, observing these different market environments, I started to come across these same exact things of, you know, moves starting when nobody wants to own stuff, right? That's kind of an opportunistic point. It's not a common point because lots of traders focus, I think, on momentum and breakouts, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, if you're looking for where moves start, you obviously, you know, need to start from when things aren't that hot. And so I just really appreciate sort of the candidness and uh, experience that Frank brings to the table here. The fact that he spends so much time on situational awareness and really sort of, you know, um, keeping his own mind and body in check. Really just um, a great episode for anyone that's tactical, actively trading and um, playing on those short-term short-term timeframes. I think Frank's episode 12 is a great one to revisit. And we will be right back. Those of you who know Trade Risk know we are all about rules-based investing, and that's why we are so excited to have Investor's Business Daily as a podcast sponsor. It's almost impossible to avoid boom and bust trading cycles unless you've got a system that works and you're able to stick with it. 
That's where IVD comes in. They've been helping investors navigate market cycles with their time-tested methodology for over 35 years, which is why you need to check out IVD Digital, their subscription service that gives you access to proprietary market analysis and top trade ideas. Start with the big picture to get a pulse on the market environment. Then browse their exclusive stock lists, like the IBD50. Finally, use their stock checkup tool to find out more about a company. All of this is available to IBD Digital subscribers, and right now podcast listeners can get their first two months for only $20. Go to Investors.com slash Evan, that's Investors.com slash E-V-A-N, to get started for only $20. Now... Back to the show. Moving on to episode 13, we had Dr. Phil Perlman on the show. This was the first time I really got to sit down and talk with Phil. I've known him for a while on social media. We've been to conferences together, but we've never really got to kind of connect. And this was a real treat because we really sort of got to spend some time not so focused on charts, technical analysis, and all of the day-to-day jargon. Let's hear this clip from Dr. Phil Perlman. There are things that we have no control over, right? There are things that we have no, we have no control over the price of an asset. We have no control over what the S&P 500 is going to do today or tomorrow. There are other things that we do have control over. One of those things that is neglected in our present culture is how we treat our apparatus, our, 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 our fundamental trading apparatus that is our mind and our body, our ability to think, our cognitive, you know, cognitive flexibility, our cognitive focus, our stamina, our emotional regulation system, which is also a part of the cognitive apparatus, our body and how long we're able to maintain focus and energy. All of those things we have control over. So clearly we see the focus on treating ourselves better. And this is so important as traders to really focus intentionally on the things that we do have control over, as Phil points out in this clip. And this is ultimately what's going to help us become a better trader, right? Oftentimes, you know, most people are searching for more trading books, more technical analysis, understanding more of the technical side where the unlock and the better performance and the better decision-making is probably going to come from things like getting more rest and eating better food and exercising. These are all points and uh, evidence that, that Dr. Phil lays out here for us. And so I really appreciated this side of things. Obviously, everything's rooted from the trading side, and Phil talks about some of the hardwired skills that he finds in top-performing traders, but the focus on the cognitive side and really sort of just treating yourself well was a nice, refreshing take. So for anyone that's looking to sort of optimize their health, their life, and their mindset, definitely check out episode 13 with Dr. Phil Perlman. Next up, we had Dr. Barry Burns, two doctors back-to-back. 
Barry has been trading for over 50 years, an incredible amount of time. He started real young with sort of the guidance or interest from his father that got him involved in markets or thinking about markets at a very young age. Let's hear this clip from Dr. Barry Burns. Why give the market any more advantage than it already has over you? Yeah. So I make, I call it making the market come to me. A lot of people use that term and I think that can mean many different things. But one of the things that means for me is um, I can't control the market. I can't make the market move in price to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to wait for the market to come into my statistical probability setup scenario. And when it comes into that then I take the trade. It's almost like setting a trap as opposed to hunting, right? I'm not going to go down and hunt whatever. I'm going to set the trap and let the animal come into my trap Yeah, and just sit there and wait for it. You know, this too, such a refreshing clip and takeaway here of staying patient and letting the market come to you. Waiting for A-plus setups, that is a really hard thing to do as someone whose job it is to trade. We as traders think we need to be trading at all times. What's the opportunity? What should we be doing? Buying and selling, buying and selling. But the reality is, is that most of the time, there's nothing interesting to do. The best move is to just sit and do nothing. So waiting for those A-plus setups, I think, is a very, very valuable lesson. In this episode, we also got into Barry's five energy model for high probability trend trading. He really sort of breaks down the very specific kind of framework and criteria that he uses to get involved in those types of trades. So for anyone that is looking for a bit of a blueprint on how to frame out trades and to, you know, think about the A plus setups, I highly recommend going back and checking out Dr. Barry Burns episode 14. Next on the show, we had Eddie Alfenbein. Eddie is one of the OG financial bloggers in this space way back in 2005 or so, he started his Crossing Wall Street website and really started just sharing independent thoughts on financial markets and companies from a fundamental backdrop. And it was very refreshing having Eddie on the show. And it was also an honor to be able to speak with him for an hour. He is someone that routinely appears on CNBC and Bloomberg and is highly sort of sought after. Let's hear this clip from Eddie Alfenbein. I try to avoid selling solely based on valuation. Mm -hmm. And this is something I think a lot of people who aren't into value investing, as I see it properly understood, I think overlook. And that is, I don't just say, okay, this has a PE ratio of this, and it gets to a PE ratio of that. What I think a lot of people overlook is the ability for the company to grow. So I'm not so concerned about uh, their price of middle B versus their earnings for this year. But rather, I see implicit within the business, is this a business that can continue to grow over the next two to three and five years and maybe more? So Eddie's approach is a long-term fundamental analysis approach. And when I 
think about doing that myself and when I think about those types of traders, one of the biggest issues I have or one of the biggest questions I had personally was just when to sell and how to think about, um, you know, getting rid of a stock that you like for the long term. And I really appreciated his answer here on thinking about whether or not the company can continue to grow in the long term. And that sounds obvious, but in a environment where everything is judged on a day-to-day basis and all Wall Street cares about is the 90-day earnings reports, it can very much be sort of difficult or easy to lose sight of the long-term vision on companies when a stock drops 14% because of its earnings this quarter. But if you can take a step back and really sort of think about the macro picture and where the company's going in the in the bigger wave of you know the the next five or so years, then it's it it can be easier to hold, and you can say, well, yes, they miss numbers this quarter, but everything's on track for the next two or three years. Continue to hold it, right? That's just one small example. In this episode, we also you know really got Eddie to sort of break down how he analyzes companies from that fundamental approach and separating the numbers from the story was another real big takeaway for me in this episode everyone has the numbers right we all know what apple's eps is approximately going to be and what they're going to earn on all these different you know uh, verticals of the business but if we can separate the story right that big picture where are they going what are the numbers not telling us right what can we learn about the company that separates them from maybe the competition that is very important so that amongst many other things i really liked this episode here with eddie alfenbein so if that's your cup of tea if you're looking at you know uh taking a basket of stocks owning it for the longer haul i highly encourage episode 15 to uh play that one back and revisit eddie alfenbein all right getting towards the end of the season we had kunal Desai on the show. This again was the first time I got to really sit down with Kunal. We've exchanged social back and forth over the years and I've known him online for a while, but this was the first time I actually got to sit down and kind of hang out. Kunal is a day trader, momentum trader, extraordinaire. He's been trading since the late 90s. Let's hear this clip from Kunal Desai. You have a $100 stock, you have a small account, and you say you got a $10,000 account. You got a $100 stock and moves around 10 bucks up and down throughout the day. And you're playing the ebbs and flows. You might be long, you might be short, whatever it might be where the setups show. What's easier to make money on? Because the big thing with trading is like, okay, not getting one home run trade. Can I make money consistently and stack them? So if you're trading a $100 stock with $10 range, hey, even if you're trading 100, 100 shares of it, if you can catch three bucks here, yeah, three bucks there, one buck here, because right there's going to be an ebb and flow to it. Guess what? You might have made, you have a loss or here or there. Sure. You might make 500 bucks on that thing. Trading 100 shares. That's something duplicatable. Because guess what? If you do that every day, it's $2,500 a week, four weeks in a month. It's $10,000 a month trading 100 shares of something. So what you're quickly 
going to realize from listening to this clip and hearing Kunal is that he has a process down. He likes things that are repeatable, that he can go in and replicate day in and day out. And what you're realizing in this clip as well is that stock selection is an important piece to a short-term active trader, right? Looking for things that have range. You don't have to go down to the swamp of the penny stocks, right? As Kunal sort of um, likes to throw digs at, but you can look at things that are priced higher, but move enough and you can get some good trades back and forth throughout the day in and out, catching the ebbs and flows and really sort of, you know, accumulate uh, a good paycheck at the end of the day, just from one or two stocks that are trading at those higher prices. So we talk a lot more about day trading strategies and his philosophy around swing trading, day trading, how he breaks that out. And one of the other like sort of key takeaways from this episode for me was trading with a catalyst and how important that is. That was something I totally whiffed on when I was starting out. I used to do a lot of day trading and short-term trading and I would always focus exclusively on the technicals. Show me chart patterns, show me breakouts, consolidations, price action. But what Kunal really sort of illustrates here is you need to have a fundamental catalyst. You need to have something that is going to drive the action that day. It's going to make your life easier because you have new money flow sort of coming into the market and helping push that stock around. So I appreciated that. I wish I had that guidance 10 years ago when I was, you know, glued to the screen sort of day trading uh, in a very short term fashion, but it's still, you know, very important and uh, solid knowledge to have even going forward. So for anybody that's looking for that short term day trading momentum trading episode 16 with Kunal, that's the one you're going to want to go back and listen to. Last but certainly not least this season was Samantha LaDuke. Samantha is someone that seems to just have her hands in every single market or piece of data information and news flow. She loves timing major market inflection points, be it in equities or bond markets or currencies. She is a macro to micro analyst. Let's hear this clip right now from Samantha LaDuke. Data to me is like words right? So words form sentences, they give meaning, then you can arrange these sentences to tell a story. And all the while there, and I don't know if I get that from my mom, because she was an English teacher. I don't know. But there, there are characters, there are motivations, there are plot twists, there's suspense. And then there's the ultimate action, right? You're looking for the ultimate action. So it's kind of like reading a book and trying to predict what's going to happen next. So here we are getting an understanding of all of the different pieces of information Samantha is looking at on a day-to-day -day basis and how she synthesizes everything together. And this is something that I have done more and more throughout my career. And if you are someone that tunes into our Friday market analysis video series, price is something I think that is arguably the most important thing we can all focus on is just what is the price action. But we have to look sometimes beyond price action. We have to look outside of just stocks, right? So we have to pull in information from 
credit markets and interest rates and policy and volatility. These are all things market breadth. These are all things that, you know, I like to focus on on that Friday market analysis series because I do find value in looking at um, inner market sort of relationships. And this is the same thing that Samantha is really sort of hammer hammers home here throughout this podcast episode. I also really enjoy the way she sort of breaks out chase swing and trend trades. So she's basically trading and setting up opportunities on multiple time frames, And she has different catalysts and reasons, rationale for entering across those different time frames that she gets into throughout this episode. And also sort of breaks down just earnings plays for stocks and how she uses volatility and market breadth, sector rotation, a whole bunch of really just kind of macro all the way down, as she calls it, to micro analysis. So if that is a way that you're trying to think is broadened outside of just price action and technicals, then you're going to want to watch episode 17 with Samantha LaDuke. So there you have it. That concludes our little wrap-up series, highlight series on our past season. We did finish off the year with two live stream episodes. So we actually brought our guests back from season one. We had Patrick Walker and Brian Lund who did live stream episodes with me these past two weeks. And that was a lot of fun. Less of a interview style show, more of a back and forth kind of current market analysis. We did get some feedback on those. It was positive. Uh, folks liked kind of tuning in and just being able to, you know, ask questions and just get that more sort of immediate, you know, kind of Q&A and what's going on right now type of show. So that's definitely a format that we are going to consider for a future season as well. So when I sort of take a step back and just think about this season, both seasons, frankly, season one and season two, uh, it is really clear to me that, you know, there are lots and lots of different ways to approach financial markets, trading and investing. And this is obviously, you know, something that I think is been talked about quite a bit, but I still see, you know, particularly on social media or, you know, chat groups or even meetup groups that I go to, there tends to be just a very um, sort of a tunnel vision view on, no, you can't do things this way or you should not do things that way. That is the wrong way to trade. And to me, that sort of doesn't exist, right? Like, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to trade. I think there are core principles that are shared amongst all traders and investors, things like risk management, things like keeping your, you know, body and mind in check and, and you know, not emotionally sort of sabotaging trades, those types of things. I mean, there, there are hard and fast rules about you know, risk management and um, controlling yourself and sticking to a plan and being objective. But beyond that, right, um, you take a trader like Frank Cirilla, who is, you know, more so interested in buying things maybe when they don't look so hot, when they're maybe down after a handful of days, or that's when they're starting to, he's starting to pay attention, where you also have on the other side, you know, uh, a, a Brian Shannon who might be waiting for more confirmation or a breakout or momentum like a Kunal as well, who's looking for that break of, of a range. So both 
or all three of those traders are all technical traders. They're all kind of dabbling in similar time frames, but the way they set up their trades, the way that they look for opportunity is extremely different from one another. And so for me, I think the takeaway again is just keep an open mind, right? I don't think um, we should be so dogmatic as to call anyone wrong in their trading approach. There's, um, you know, lots of ways to essentially, um, you know, pull profit out of the markets. It depends on how active you want to be and how aggressive you're trying to compound returns and all of that fun stuff. So that I think wraps up a season here. I do want to thank my team behind the scenes. I couldn't do this without the help of some great people uh, working for me, with me on these episodes. I've got my producer and editor of the show, Ashton Alexander. I do have my show coordinator and content prep, Kelly Yamada, and my social media and comms help, Angelina Agosa. These are all people that are sort of helping bring this show to light every other week. And of course, I would not be able to, um, you know, have them if it wasn't for our sponsor, Investors Business Daily, for sponsoring this entire season. It was really great working with them. You know, I reached out to a few folks that I thought might be interested in um, sponsoring this, this podcast idea. And they instantly sort of just, you know, resonated with them. They were on board for, you know, really just educating traders and coming along to support trade risk and this interview series. So thanks to IBD, our sponsor for this season, there's been links in all of the episode show notes. They've been doing some different offers for our podcast listeners. So do check those out if you haven't already. So we are going on break. We are going to take a little bit of break from publishing for now. So make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter, YouTube, or podcast RSS feed. Thanks everyone for tuning in to season two of Smarter Trading. I hope you learned something. I hope it was a valuable series. And I hope to see you back here in a future season. Take care and thanks so much. Thank you.